0: The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting and it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvellous stuff, marvellous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the audio cast. This is Omar Moore, the Politocrat. And welcome aboard on this Sunday, Sunday morning, at least here in California. At the time that I am recording this, the rain is falling. It is falling, a replenishing. We need the rain. We need the rain. And on this Sunday, I want to thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. Of course, there is a lot of fear and concern and uh, a lot of it is very understandable because we are in the midst of a pandemic with the coronavirus, COVID-19. So I just wanted to say a few things about Responding with advice and responding with care and responding with compassion. We need to be compassionate people and, and not selfish people. And we need to take care of ourselves and others at this time. And I'm going to also just give my advice actually about how best to protect yourself and what information you really should be looking at and who you should be consulting. And then the next thing that I'm going to do after that is talk about tonight's debate, which in a way is kind of, as we call it in London, after the Lord Mayor's show, because so much attention, of course, is focused on... COVID-19, that in a way, this debate is going to be a side note, no matter what happens in it, but I'm going to get to that, although it's a very important debate, don't get me wrong, but I'm going to get to that a little bit later on. So COVID-19, of course, is doing untold harm across the globe. I mean, we have lots and lots of cases, and I'm not going to be using numbers because I think that numbers um, stir up even more panic. And there's plenty in the corporate news media who are doing that, throwing up numbers, not offering context to you and making you more fearful. And fear is a very powerful thing. I know that. And we all know that. But it's very important to have information. And information is what we need at this time. So the first thing I would recommend to you is to listen to Your governor in your state, if you're here in the United States, listen to your mayor, especially the mayor of your city. If you are here in the United States, I strongly recommend those two things, the mayor of your city or town. Make sure that you follow their press briefings. Make sure that you, if you have access to the Internet and you have a computer, make sure that you watch their YouTube channels and watch their video on their YouTube channels regarding their press conferences and their actual statements and press conferences on this virus. I would strongly recommend that, actually. And if you are someone who follows, if you use social media, I would strongly advise you to follow the mayor, the official mayor's uh, Twitter page, the official Twitter page of the mayor of your city or town. I would recommend that you follow the official Twitter page of your governor in your state. I would recommend if you use Facebook, I don't use Facebook and um, haven't for a long time, but if you are a Facebook user, I would advise you to follow the official Facebook pages of your mayor and governor. I think that's very important first and foremost. If you have access to the internet but do not use social media, I would recommend that you do an internet search for the official web pages of your mayor or your go- and your governor and of your state and I would recommend that you consult those pages and watch the videos of their news conferences. I think those things will help reassure you. And if you still have some worry and panic and you're still not uh, reassured, I would also recommend that you consult the World Health Organization's website. They have some excellent information about the virus, about how it's spread, about what you can do to reduce the spread, about symptoms, about all kinds of things, questions. So those are really important resources, all of those. And if you can, if you have access to a television, consult your local news. Even though I think that local news can be a little bit of a panic station. Those are the things I would advise at this point. the very best advice would be to keep in touch with the information that your local public officials, your local political officials are telling you. They are closest to the ground. They are direct. And they are also much more expansive with the information that they provide. That's why I recommend listening to these press conferences. That's why I recommend listening and following them on social media, if you have it. I would not recommend, I I would guarantee you that a bad idea is to be watching CNN, is to be watching MSNBC, and certainly is a bad idea to be watching Fox News. Those networks are not, where you need to go and I know that people like comfort the comfort of having a cable news network on in the background but believe me now is not one of those times I think that you must exercise a degree of restraint (laughs) if I can put it I can't put it anymore um Clearly than that. Places like CNN and Fox News and MSNBC amplify the panic and the fear and places like Fox, and I'll say that more clearly, Fox just gives you lies, which is even worse. The best antidote to fear is information and advice information that's based on facts and advice that makes sense and is uh, proven and researched. So what I would like to say is that anything you hear from me here in the way of advice is coming, unless I say otherwise, directly from the World Health Organization. And the World Health Organization website, which is one you should follow, Uh, on Twitter or on Facebook, but you should, if you don't have social media, and if you do have access to the internet and a computer, make sure you go to W-H-O dot I-N-T. That's W-H-O dot I-N-T. That's N as in North. W-H-O dot I-N-T. That's the World Health Organization, WHO. And that's how you can find them on Twitter. That's WHO, WHO, World Health Organization. And I'm sure you can find them on Facebook and other platforms. And you can do a search for them online if you don't have social media. The WHO website is the very best. Comprehensive. Comprehensive. Questions, answers. Now, there are other websites like Johns Hopkins Um Website, but I don't think they provide the context. I mean, they they are helpful as well, but the real context is with the WHO. Um, and Johns Hopkins does have a good website as well, but I'd, the WHO is, is WHO, the World Health, World Health Organization. Their website is is second to none. And what happens if you don't have any online access? You don't have a computer? Well, if you do have a phone, uh, my advice to you would be to call your local operator. I mean, do they? I don't even know if they do that anymore. I remember from back in the day that the operator would be the first person you'd call. This was before the internet. You know, this would be the time where you'd just dial zero on your rotary phone or on your touch tone phone. Remember touch tone phones? <laughs> those are those are going out of style now. Those have been out of style. It's all smartphone now. You'd be lucky if you still find some flip flip phones around. Although, you know, I actually have a flip phone still. <laughs> I have a I have an iPhone and I have a flip phone <laughs> somewhere around lying around. Um, no, I I know where it is, I you know, but it, it it's 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 a collector's item, it really is. And I don't even know if if there are dial zeros anymore for operators. There probably are, and then just ask that operator to connect you, or ask the operator to put you through uh, to the mayor's office in your city, in your town, or ask the operator what is the phone number for the governor. What is the phone number for the mayor? The mayor is really the one you really want to be looking at. And your local officials, your assembly person, your city council person, those would be the people that, because they're the closest to the ground, they're in your neighborhood, they're in your constituency, and, and uh, they are of your, they are, you know, the leaders of your of, of their constituency, and you are part of that constituency. So you really would like to... You would do yourself no harm in trying to get in contact with them. So call an operator, dial zero or whatever it might be on your cell phone if you don't have internet access or online access, and just ask that local operator for the phone number for the mayor, the phone number for the governor. I think the, these are the resources that you really need to use at this point. And I really recommend that you do use those Resources. Mayor Bill de Blasio in New York City has been, I think, the best public official. Now, he's one official in a country of, you know, hundreds of public officials, if not thousands. But he's done very well because he's dealing with it. Of course, it varies because. New York City has a population of 8.6 million people. And your town or city probably, I'm sure, has far less than that. Because New York City is the most largest populated city in the country, most densely populated area. So what he says in New York is going to most likely be very different to what your mayor says in your city. What... Mayor London Breed might say in San Francisco, what the mayor of your town, wherever that is, might say, or what, you know, you can just go through the list, what the mayor of Newark, New Jersey might say, or the mayor of Las Vegas might say, or the mayor of Iowa might say, of, uh, excuse me, of, uh, you know, Dubuque, Iowa, not the mayor of the state. (laughs) There's no mayor of a state, (laughs) but what the mayor of your town or city might say might be different and obviously will vary from person to person, from city to city, from town to town. So I would, those would be the options that I would use. And I would also stay indoors, whether you are feeling 100% healthy or not, I would stay indoors for these next few days. Now I know that's very difficult for lots of people. And if you don't have a phone, Maybe you will have to go to your public library if it is still open. And of course, then you weigh the risk of of going outside because really at this point, um, unless it's to buy groceries and essentials, you really should not be out. I think it's getting to that point now. And I do know that people, I've seen it on social media there's photos and videos of people gathering in places and as far as i know hopefully this you know hopefully this video is not true and that it was from 3 or 4 weeks ago and as opposed to now but no i'm actually seeing video that indicates that of you know last night saturday night that is or you know over this weekend people some people are still gathering in public places at bars and things like that and i would really caution people not to do that There is this air of invincibility and fearlessness that I find that some people have. Not all of them are under the age of 40 or under the age of 30. Some of them are in their 50s and 60s. And I really think it is foolhardy to be out and about For any real length of time beyond a quick stop at a grocery store. If you are of any age, quite frankly. And there's lots of reporting and information out there. And there's lots of confusion, which is why I say that you should try to consult or get in touch with or follow on Twitter or Facebook or go online To get in touch with your local officials. Not with CNN. Not with MSNBC. And definitely not with Fox News. You really do want to be in touch with the local politicians. Who are dealing directly with this information. Who are researching. Who have task forces. And I would quite frankly advise you to stay away from the CDC because although the CDC would seemingly be the place to go to, that's the Centers for Disease Control, you don't want to go there because they are so highly politicized, and they are, quite frankly, under the guy in the White House, presently incompetent, as is the guy in the White House. He is incompetent. Last week, Democratic House Representative Katie Porter questioned the director of the CDC Dr. Robert Redfield and she exposed him for the incompetent that he is he didn't have answers to many of her questions and if he did have answers they were less than satisfactory he doesn't know He is completely in over his head. And that is because, that is because the guy in the White House ordered John Bolton in 2018 to fire the entire pandemic response division that had been set up and created by President Obama and his team. So some 40, 50, 100 plus whatever officials that were dedicated to dealing with this particular kind of thing, the coronavirus, COVID-19. The entire group that would have been on top of this from probably January or even December of last year, 2019, would already have been on top of this. They're all gone because Trump, who I mentioned his name, told John Bolton to fire them and John Bolton did just that. That is why the CDC is ineffective. And the CDC has officials in it who are not on top of the game at all. Not on top of this crisis. It's not a game, it's a crisis. It's a very serious one. Alex Azar and, you know, he's the uh, Health and Human Services Secretary hasn't got a clue. He is also, by the way, a big, I guess, comes from uh, a big pharmaceutical Lobby industry was part of a big uh, farmer corporation. He has no idea. His interest is in the profit motive, not in the motive of safeguarding and protecting the health and safety of the American public. So you've got to write, unfortunately, it's the truth. You have to just write off the federal government. The guy in the White House is the same guy who said, oh, you know, this is a hoax. He called this thing a hoax initially. He said that, oh, if you just went back to work, it would just disappear in a few days. People who've gone back to work, oh, it just disappears. Using those Fox News talking points once again. And he has said other things like, oh, this thing will disappear in hot weather. Once the weather gets warmer, it'll disappear. And as I have said before, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson were in Australia during their summer down there. It is summer now in Australia. And both Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson have been infected with the coronavirus while they've been there in Australia. So do not listen to the fool in the White House not a good idea and everything he says is a pack of lies anyway anybody who says all these cases will go from 15 down to zero is not somebody you should be trusting (laughs) anybody who says to you and I shouldn't be laughing because this is very serious but these are the things he's actually said and you can go find them online it's easy he said these things Anybody who has lied 17,000 times and counting in just over three years is not someone to be trusted. You should not be trusting that person. Now, Anthony Fauci has been very good. He is swimming against the tide there. But the truth is that the rest of them are pretty damn incompetent. Dr. Deborah Bilks, I think, has been good, or Burks has been good. But again, swimming in an uphill tide and with information that is incorrect. They've been giving out incorrect information, including about Google and what Google would do and websites that Google would run. No, no, no. You don't need to be listening to that. What you need to be doing is listening to your local officials. You need to listen to your mayor. You need to contact your mayor. You need to contact your governor. You need to follow them on social media, their official Twitter pages, their official Facebook pages. You need to do that. You need to watch their press conferences because even local news may not carry those press conferences in full. They may or they may not. So what you need to do is consult the websites of these officials. Do a quick search Online for them. I really would recommend that. Very very highly. Very highly. And watch these press briefings in full. Now some of them may be. An hour and a half. Two hours. Two and a half hours even. But you are going to get the information from there. And you are going to get the questions answered from there. And, And if there's still questions that you have. Then you have to make sure you contact these officials. Very important. Believe me, it is better than watching two and a half hours of CNN or Fox News, for God's sakes, or MSNBC. I would really urge you to follow um, this advice that I'm giving in terms of information. And remember that if you have a fever, if you have a dry cough, particularly a persistent dry cough, if you have body aches, these are really the symptoms to pay attention to. Then the chances are is that you could have the coronavirus. And if you do find yourself having these symptoms, and by the way, these symptoms I've just said are directly from the World Health Organization. And again, their website, WHO.INT. That's WHO.INT. W h o as in Norris, T as in Tom. If you do have those symptoms. You will need to call your doctor. And just tell your doctor. What your symptoms are. And then that doctor from there. Will recommend what the course of action is. But you do not want to be going outside. In fact I think anybody. Whether you're 100% healthy or not. Should be staying indoors. So those are. That's my recommendation. As for strengthening your immune system, I would recommend seven hours of sleep if you can get that as best you can. And these are some of the things I said yesterday. I would recommend seven hours of sleep if you can get it. I would recommend that you eat fruits and vegetables. I recommend... Citrus, uh, that would be specifically mandarins and tangerines, good sources of vitamin C. I would recommend the omegas that give you these good uh, omegas and superfoods that are superfoods like blueberries, particularly organic blueberries. I would recommend those highly. I would recommend you uh, having strawberries that are organic. These are good foods. Bananas to, uh, organic bananas to a lesser extent, they've got a bit more sugar in them, but I do recommend them as well if, if you're a banana person. As for vegetables and greens, I'd recommend organic carrots. I'd recommend that you have broccoli that's organic, that you're able to buy uh, kale, preferably organic kale, but kale really good sources of iron, these things build up your immune system. Very important. Those are the the uh, greens and fruits. Now as for foods, brown rice, I would recommend brown rice. I would recommend having fish, wild fish, especially wild fish. You do not want to have farm-raised fish. Anything that's farm-raised is actually going to be harmful quite frankly to your immune system because with a virus like this that is rapidly spreading sorry to um, make you even more anxious but with a virus like this you want to strengthen your immune system by eating things that will strengthen and build up your immune system you do not want to be eating tilapia sorry or any kind of other farm raised fish that has stuff injected into it. Not to get too graphic. So that's my advice. You really That's my advice personally. Nutrition wise. I'm not a nutritionist. But this is based on how this has worked. And how this works for a lot of people. And how nutritionists have said so. I mean this is. Organic foods are, are much much better for you. Especially for your immune system and wild fish whether it's wild salmon or you know any other fish that's wild when you go to your grocery store ask whether something is farm raised or whether it's wild you must ask that question and buy the wild whatever's wild that is fish based that it's fish that is fish whether it's even if it's wild shrimp i would buy it it's got to be wild and, uh, and shrimp to me is not the best but if it's wild and you like shrimp, make sure you get the wild edition of it. If it's fish of any other kind, please make sure that it's wild. Honestly, this is gonna, this is going to be better for you. Actually, better for for you than even eating chicken, unless chicken is organic. But I, I would strongly recommend fishes, the fish family that's wild. You want to be able to purchase that, buy wild fish, preferably wild salmon. Very, very good for you, and it will build up your immune system. Brown rice, wild fish, broccoli, organic, organic carrots or carrots of any kind, kale, and then the fruits. Strawberry, organic strawberries, organic blueberries and tangerines and mandarins, bananas, strawberries. So that's really what you need to be eating and peanuts that are unsalted, preferably unsalted. And you definitely do not want roasted peanuts. You want, uh, excuse me, you do not want honey roasted peanuts. You do not want those. Those are a no, no. You really want to have Unsalted peanuts. I mean, they're going to be roasted ones, but unsalted peanuts as a snack. Those are going to strengthen your immune system. There's proteins the, in, in nuts. There's protein in them. And, and so so this is what I'm suggesting to you. And you can choose uh, whatever you're comfortable with. But, but these are the foods you need to eat that can help stave off this virus, or at least can help stave off any... I mean, it really can. These these foods will help you strengthen your immune system. And your immune system will be better able to fight any kind of virus, whether it's flu virus or this particular COVID-19 virus or anything else, for that matter. It will be in a much better position to fight it. It could be the difference between you getting just these very, very mild symptoms... And get and and being and getting something that's really bad. It could be the difference between you having no symptoms and having the really bad symptoms. And I know that there are asymptomatics out there who can still transfer this. But I just recommend that you eat healthy and get some sleep. And if you can do some exercise even at home for a few minutes, even if you're elderly. Um, If you can, if you are ambulatory, I repeat this from yesterday, if you are ambulatory, if you are able to move parts of your body at all, um, then please try to do so if you're elderly. I know it's difficult. I know some people are not able bodied. So then that's a huge challenge. And obviously that's a very difficult and a very different proposition. The rain falls. The rain falls here in California. At least here in the San Francisco Bay Area, here in San Francisco. Wonder what the weather is like where you are at this moment that you are listening to this. A few words on the debate tonight. Of course, the debate is going to seem a bit like, to borrow a phrase from my native London, a bit after the Lord Mayor's show, which means after the horse has run out of the barn, or in this case, the donkey, since it's the Democratic presidential primary debate tonight. The first one-on-one debate, because of all of this news on the coronavirus and all of the coverage, it's going to seem as if, quite frankly, this debate is a bit to one side. But quite frankly, I think this debate is exactly what we need at this time. And this debate is actually very important. So it will be Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden tonight, head to head, one-on-one in a studio in Washington, D.C. with no audience. I am thankful for that. Because I've been calling for no audiences forever in these debates. There used to be no audience. Back in the 1960s when Kennedy and Nixon debated, JFK and Richard Nixon did their debates. And it was just the moderators with no studio audience. I thought that that was incredibly good. And I have long called for that. Because debates in this go-round and for the last few years have all been with audiences and it's just incredibly distracting. It's become a cheerleading section. Certainly that last debate in South Carolina or wherever it was highlighted that when you were paying, you know, when Biden and Bloomberg people were were paying thousands of dollars to get in and cheer and hoop and holler. And Bernie Sanders was getting booed. And I am a Bernie Sanders supporter, full disclosure. So that's really, you know, that's, that's the thing that I'm grateful for. And of course, the audiences are not there because of the coronavirus. And that was the decision that was made when the debate was supposed to happen in Arizona. They made the decision to have no audiences, whether it's the DNC or whomever it was, made the decision to have the debate in Arizona without an audience, because Arizona is one of the four places on Tuesday. We'll see if it still happens, who will be voting in the primary. Now the debate has been shifted to D.C. It only makes sense. Why go and fly out to Arizona? It makes no sense. So both of these candidates are close to D.C., so they can get a a train even or a quick flight over to D.C. And or they may be, you know, because they're close by anyway. So um, Bernie Sanders as a senator is close by. So I'm sure he was in Vermont yesterday. But that's easy. He'll just take a quick flight. Down to D.C. and he'll be he's probably in D.C. already uh, if if um, you know if we'll be soon as will Joe Biden, I'm sure. So this debate tonight is very important, is my point, because this and it's going to be on CNN 5 p.m. Eastern time, uh, excuse me, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, if you are so inclined to watch um, CNN, or you can watch this online um, as well you can watch it on YouTube, uh, blah 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 blah, you know, you can find it watch it on your phone whatever it might be so this debate tonight is very important and uh, Bernie Sanders is going to be talking about the issues, now these moderators may not, but Bernie will be, Joe Biden will will be, he will have to If he's, I mean I don't see why he wouldn't talk about the issues, he will talk about them And we hope that he is truthful about them um, as well because he has had a penchant for not telling the truth, shall we say, during some of these debates. His debate performances concern me because even though I am a Bernie Sanders supporter, we need to have two solid debaters up there. Even though I'm hoping that Bernie does well tonight, I expect he will. But we need to have two debaters who will show you, you... the american public that they will be able to stand up to donald trump and more in a debate i know bernie will my concern is joe biden and joe biden's got to have a good performance tonight i'm actually hoping he does and that he doesn't embarrass himself in any way bernie has to be careful with this too because he doesn't want to be seen as this attack dog because the corporate news media will paint him that way no matter what But what Bernie has to do is continue to hit these issues and challenge Joe Biden on the issues and on Joe Biden's record. That is not any kind of personal attack. But the pundits of the corporate media, I guarantee you, will say, oh, this is a personal attack on Joe Biden. He attacked him. No, he didn't attack him. I can tell you that now. As of this recording of this politocrat audio cast here, There has not been a debate yet, but I can already tell you what the headlines are going to be. And that's what the chatter is going to be. That's why I avoid pundits. I avoid watching pundits. Because they will only make you pull your hair out what little hair you may have left. (laughs) So we'll see what happens tonight. I'm actually going to... come back later on with another episode because I want to do the analysis and break down the analysis, do some analysis of this debate tonight because I think it's important. Rather than listen to the corporate news media, you can come up with your own analysis and you can assess how it looked. There's no audience to influence you, to sway you, oh, that this candidate got more cheers than the other one did, so therefore that candidate did better than the other. There's none of that tonight. There's only going to be you watching, the moderators ask the questions, and the candidates give the answers and give their responses. I mean, that's that's what you're going to be watching. There's not going to be an audience. So you have to make up your own mind, and I'm sure everybody will. And I certainly will. And I'll certainly give you what I thought. And you can take that or not. So I just want to thank you very much for listening to this edition of The Politocrat. Thank you. I'm Omar Moore. And by the way, I can be found on Twitter at The Popcorn Reel. That's at the popcorn, R-E-E-L. Have a good Sunday, everybody.